welcome one and all as Fantastic Geek looks ahead to the future of Star Trek. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Take the chair, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Talking to you today, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Matt, is in production in Toronto, Canada. A bullion little video to announce that. Anson Mount is just overjoyed. We got some uh, filling out of the crew, although no character names, descriptions, official just yet there are some floating out there around definitely one familiar face for fantastic geek listeners coming over from the marvel tv universe but super excited that this is this is closer to our screens now matt on uh cb paramount plus sideways um pete we can love star trek and still be suspicious as to the janky uh internet underpinnings for paramount plus um but yeah super exciting that uh production is officially underway uh i mean to be fair the february march area that had been pegged for a while as a start for production um so i think you know kind of the the, the deepest of listeners to uh to uh well our podcast to, to the various goings on and whatnot this isn't a massive surprise um, but it is exciting. I mean, I had to chuckle, Pete. Uh, some of some of the great, uh, shall I say, anti anti Star Trek people on Twitter. Uh, you know, we're taking a victory lap, sharing footage of you know some of these knuckleheads where you know, uh, strange new worlds has been shut down. It is being you know things like that in the last six oh, months. Oh, dude, the conspiracy nonsense that uh, the the show was only greenlit in theory to you know prop up paramount plus and then would actually never film a frame and here's this video that they're they're filming and other actors are cast and it's like they have nowhere to go as usual they have nowhere to go but you know they have a a a rabid following that just believes just sucks down whatever conspiracy nonsense they float um but here another star trek show in production i mean there's there's some worrying news about one we'll get to in a little bit but there's a caveat with that we'll certainly discuss but yeah this this is this much closer probably going to be a year i would think till you know we're we're watching these shows yeah probably i i think somewhere somewhere in the december january range at the earliest um, I, I really think you can't hope for anything closer than, than 10 months out. Um, nor do you necessarily need to. It did cross my mind, Pete, here Discovery has been in production since November. And I think we don't, we from a fan perspective, we from a Star Trek perspective, and heck, anybody paying attention to Hollywood in the last six months, I don't think anybody really has a sense what what is a COVID-era pace look like uh even if you plan out and go all right instead of doing eight day shoots we're going to do nine day shoots or or whatever probably that's all very tentative and nobody's going to get angry if you need a 10th day because testing took longer hand washing took longer or whatever episode Uh, counts have been diminished as well you know what constitutes a covid uh you know season of television filming as opposed to regular production uh, certainly played with as well. So I would imagine that might affect discovery. You know, we've gone from 15 to 14 to 13. Do we get 12 or 10? 
you know, as long as we're getting new ones, does it matter? And certainly it crossed my mind. Is it possible that discovery is in the home stretch of production? I mean, from a, again, I'm no studio, uh, boss Pete, but it, it does cross my mind. If you're going to be filming star Trek in Toronto, um, I mean, obviously, you know, the actors and whatnot are not, are not crossing over, but you know, Bill, the light guy and so forth, Susie, the boom mic operator, um, it, it makes a certain sense to try and do the productions back to back. So we have not heard that discovery has wraps. Don't get me wrong, but they've been in production long enough, particularly Pete. I think we're looking at a 13 episode season last I recall. Um, but also, you know, that obviously fluid as well. Um, so that point being doubtless discovery is in its home stretch of active production. Um, <laughs> which is good because here we are coming off the notion that strange new worlds, we're probably talking the winter uh, before we see that and certainly much closer for Discovery. And, and I would expect, Pete, closer even still. Indeed, perhaps the next Star Trek to come out would be season two of Lower Decks. But, Pete, I'm getting ahead of myself in the future of the future. Circle us back to Strange New Worlds and some of the info here. Yeah. So previously, we had only had announced to the cast, obviously, Anson Mount as Captain Pike. Ethan Peck as Spock and Rebecca Romaine as number one. But joining them now, we have the addition of Babs Olin Samukan. Uh, he, of course, having played uh, in the Defenders, was one of the fingers of the hand. Uh, excellent actor there. Uh, we also have uh, Christina Chong, who is uh, currently in the uh, Tom and Jerry film. Uh, that's on HBO Max, uh, Jess Bush, and then also uh, Melissa Navia. So, you know, no word yet. Like I said, there are unofficial. Um, oh, and, and Cecilia Rose Gooding, excuse me, was the other one that uh, was was cast. Some of them uh, I've, I've seen their faces and, you know, they're in that little video, but some of them on uh, IMDb, they don't even have um, uh, headshots. So uh, there are descriptions floating out. I would imagine that was for audition casting purposes, but not to be taken that those are the character names. And frequently with Star Trek, Star Wars, with some of this genre stuff, they'll put fake names out so they don't even know what they're auditioning for the the character, et cetera. Ethan Peck did not know he was, uh, when he was cast for Discovery, uh, auditioning for Spock. So it stands to reason that's the case, but I would imagine soon. And it's not quite like when discovery got going, you know, I'll never forget Matt, you know, we're, we're getting these tweet announcements with the little transporter effect in like 2016 for, Oh, this person has just beamed up to star Trek discovery. You know, the dude that gets sent to sick bay. And then, you know, when the shields go down in the brig gets sucked out into space and we see him like two other times in the whole series. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it is interesting in this in this early, early phase. Uh, like, for example, Pete, I think a lot of people looked at uh, Jess Bush, who is a, uh, you know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Caucasian woman. Oh, Yeoman Rand, uh, regardless of the fact, you know, there had been some uh, lack of clarity and debate, you know, whether Yeoman Rand was now an alien character as shown in Discovery. And, you know, we'll leave that kind of canon versus reimagination debate for another time. But the point being are we casting for familiar characters uh, or not? And even if we are casting for familiar characters, 
Pete, 55 years later, if Yeoman Rand is going to be uh, not a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Caucasian woman, you know, it's like, that's okay. At this point, the, the Star Trek fights have been fought. You know, your nacelle design has ruined my childhood, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are post-ruined childhood. Uh, I, I dare say anybody who wanted to give up on Star Trek at this, at this point, uh, at least Star Trek in its current iteration, has given up. So bring it on, whether these are brand new characters, whether they are reimagined, you know, classic Trek characters, whatever it might be. It's, it's, it's just super exciting to have the discovery flavor of things, um, which is this, you know, kind of very modern 21st century kind of take uh, a times TV MA and so forth Uh, to have the Picard flavor, which I continue to have liked least of the, of the recent offerings. And that's okay. Um, to have lower decks as the adult skewing uh, animated and then now this to sit and say we're basically kind of doing retro yes it's going to be flashy flashy special effects and yes the blinkies will be extra blinky but kind of expect stuff to get wrapped up at the end of the episode and last time that we see uh the you know the orange pumpkin people will be at the end of the episode and then we're not setting up the orange you know the the orange person subplot will just be and we're glad that we helped your planet get more energy goodbye forever you know and and i'm excited for that too i do hope just one more note on casting that we're going to get lieutenant amin back uh was one of the named characters we got with the enterprise and discovery crossing over as well as uh cadet sidhu who was one of the short treks the one with uh pike ask not um, so I, th- I think I'm really hopeful we're going to get them, whether they're full-time members of the crew or not. Um, but hopeful that that kind of carries over as well. Absolutely. I mean, the ability to do that sort of cohesive crossover. I mean, that's what, that's what the name of the game is now, whether it's, you know, whether it's Marvel, whether it's DC, whether it's Star Trek, all this stuff. I mean, heck Pete, um, I'm somehow excited. I think it's in the next couple of weeks. I'm somehow excited for uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, despite the fact that the first Godzilla movie I liked okay. And then what was next? Kong Skull Island. I never finished. And then Godzilla King of the Monsters. My wife and I could not get through without rolling our <laughs> I, eyes. Just saying, and you want to see more of this? <laughs> somehow I want to see more. I, th- I think it's this weird, you know, it's this weird age of COVID thing where it's like, Pete, I can stay home and watch this theatrical thing. I'm getting value out of this thing I paid for, so therefore I must does be getting... matter. I, I got to tell you, there are things we have watched that, all right, this is a thing on HBO Max that we wouldn't have otherwise watched. Like, I mean, Tom and Jerry was cute, you know, but uh, there were a couple others before that on HBO Max that were utter clunkers. Um, so, yeah, I think it definitely is a, a phenomenon. Uh so, hey, you you do you, man. Uh, Matt, viewer, listener, what, whatever you're going to do, you know, as long as you're you're keeping safe and, you know, not making people sick and get your shot when you can. Yeah, I, I think, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be closer to, you know, things being normal and then being able to, you know, make more Star Trek without having to take the precautions that they are. So unaffected by covid has or, or largely i, I probably shouldn't be so flippant of course it's been affected as has everything but lower decks uh, in terms of being this animated property something that they were able to finish season one 
squarely in the middle of uh, of the spring and summer last year uh, and then immediately turned around from finishing season one into moving uh, into production for season two i feel like it's probably a safe bet that you know i, I feel like it's probably a safe bet that we're going to get that first we're going to get that sooner than not now sooner march april okay maybe not particularly if you want to tee up uh larger concerns like do you want to do lower decks and then have a three or four week break before you head into discovery and discovery has all these special effects that need finishing um of course the special effects having been started prior to production and yeah. during production but um I, I pete i wouldn't be surprised if it's come summertime and lower deck season two is back and that's another delightful 10 episode uh romp absolutely i think it's closer than we know i was kind of surprised the paramount plus thing didn't come with some kind of new star trek to suddenly watch so it's really more of like a a soft you know rebrand i've not turned it on yet since it changed over because i don't want to be disappointed by the interface that i know people have already said same old same old um, but in terms of the content that we love, that we podcast and, and lower decks, I think just snuck up on people and, you know, so much anticipating the second season, if Matt, the home video release can in some way guide us, typically that happens shortly before the new season's available. They want you to be able to check it out if you're not on the service. So lower deck season one will hit uh home video on may 18th so i would imagine by uh june if not july we'll be looking at lower decks i think that would be welcome i mean you know sometimes fate calls shows and i mean lower decks what lower decks came at the perfect time in terms of life feeling a little more open last summer um and kind of the ability to laugh versus you know versus versus the uh, existential and real world terror of the spring um similarly here i just feel like the notion of you know it, it's a warm night there's a breeze coming in you have some ice in your glass and watching watching the latest lower decks that just feels that just feels really good um and the notion that you know 10 episodes to say for the sake of argument let's say that started the first week in uh in june that would take us to what middle of august and then you do a month off and that would land that that would be a, a a great landing spot for discovery which then would be starting about 10 months after it had uh had started to film uh which i feel like has been a pattern that the show mm -hmm. has has generally been in um and that would be welcome too, you know star trek september you know the 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 star trek day anniversary and all of that yeah um it just makes sense yeah, I would imagine that Discovery will be at some point in the fall. I don't think as early as September, although who knows how they might, you know, crank through the rest of these shows. Like, I, I love to wonder what the situation is in Toronto accommodating both shoots right now in the overlap. Um, in fact, so the Enterprise Bridge, bridge is its own bridge, right? It's not a redress of... A discovery Co set. Co correct. Coincidentally, they used discovery money to make it. Now it was so much easier to make a show <laughs> because one of your set, your, well, your most mean, important set is done. Yeah, and it was also the easiest call to series ever. Okay, that you know 
that game of we have no announcement now, but we we have heard the fans and we know. And if we can make it happen, gosh darn it, we will. Um, you know, it, and as it should be. I mean, just the the fans were so clamoring for that series. So, I mean, they have sets. I mean, that was the biggest holdup with Discovery that wasn't related to like showrunner drama as it got going was the creation of those tremendous sets. Um, so now that they've got that down and even in an era where we're, you know, attempting to manage COVID uh, in another country that it's not been hit nearly as hard as ours because, uh, you know, science and here science fiction and clearly taking things seriously on the set of this on top of the tremendously stringent, uh, rightly so standards that, you know, your Screen Actors Guild, et cetera, et cetera, has established COVID officers, things like that, uh, to make sure people are complying. So, uh, I, Matt, I, if I could sign for Star Trek Day, Star Trek Discovery, I would. I think it's going to be a little later. I think it's going to be, you know, November or December. Um, you know, but good news with Picard is that they're finally going. Yeah. And um, like I said, of of the most, you know, of the recent, of the Kurtzman era Star Trek, uh, I have least loved Picard, but that's not a slam. That's not, you know, least loved is different than uh, disliked and whatnot. It's a um, different donut in the box. Is that fair to say? It is. It's still it like is. a donut, right? Like. I mean, personally, Picard really scratched an itch for me. Um, and there are some brilliant, brilliant episodes. There are some okay episodes. But, you know, that that's what makes the Strange New Worlds will never film a frame nonsense. And then the more conspiratorial, you know, it, it is only thrown out there for investors and therefore will then be yanked back as ah, we couldn't make it happen. We got your money. Uh, laughable because all this stuff has been super watchable. Okay. It might not be your favorite. All right. But Star Trek is Star Trek and it's all been Star Trek. Okay. To the point where, you know, like I said, with lower decks, like that thing snuck up on people. I think us uh, as well, just in terms of how good it was. And it's not a surprise with, uh, you know, Mike McMahon coming over from uh, Rick and Morty and, and what they've done there. It was interesting, the Kurtzman little video they put out right before Paramount Plus launched with, you know, heralding all the Star Trek content and everything like that. Um, you know, really kind of genrefying each of the shows to a point never really done publicly. You know, Lower Decks, the teenage uh animated show like that was the first time i heard that which was a little interesting you know we're going to talk about prodigy in a moment obviously an, an entree in for kids but you know kate mulgrew gonna voice janeway like i'm in the seat let's go uh you know the the still we've seen from that or the i think it's just the the bridge crew not completely sold but again like janeway i'm there uh, on the topic of Picard, uh, season two started to film uh, February 16th, which uh, is uh, LeVar Burton's birthday. Not that LeVar Burton is confirmed to be in this season. It's just, uh, one of the things, <laughs> uh, just one of the things in my head. 
Um, but int- that'll it'll be interesting to view season through to the le- through the lens of COVID. Um, filming was initially set for June 2020, so in a pre-COVID world, they were in. I mean, that would put place in active pre-production, right? For for yeah. February and March 2020. So I just wonder in that downtime where they knew they were going to continue, you know, do we, and again, this is not me being negative on Picard as a show or season two, but do we watch with a little bit of an eye and go, Hey, did you notice here that, um, that person didn't beam out on screen. Instead, they said, well, I'll go hit the transporter over there. Like, can we maybe see places where in this lengthy downtime that the Picard uh, crew had, where you sit and, and by that I mean the production crew, not the not the characters. You know, do you sit and go when we get going? Here's how we can get back some of that lost time. We can we can steal a special effect away from there. We yeah. can do this. We can instead of going to, you know, the apple orchard and uh, the vineyard as uh, as written for two really great reasons. Uh, we're gonna come by. Uh, there's an apple tree at the Picard vineyard. Whatever it is, just stuff to kind of speed things along. And I'm not trying to suggest a lessening in quality just kind of how do you how do you get more bang for your buck um add to that there had been again all this pre-covid um there had been rumblings of maybe season two and season three were made back to back so all the more reason pete where season three might be underway in terms of you know we know he's not going to come back to the vineyard until the season three premiere so let's get those shots in now and he can say oh i'm back from the you know blah 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 so plenty of bright future there for for picard i think there's an added sense of urgency obviously the time they've lost you know sir patrick is not getting any younger he's 80 years old now um and two the idea so uh you know frakes and then the showrunner had uh the new showrunner uh had shared a photo of uh frakes and lavar burton and uh, John Delancey, uh, but it was an old photo. It was from the 30th anniversary in 2017. So people are like, ah, oh, why are they sharing that? And then it went away. Uh, so I don't think it's, we already know that uh, Whoopi Goldberg is going to be involved as Guinan. I would imagine, and really what I want is we're finally going to get the Guinan Q backstory. Okay. And then you've got Picard now with his, his whole new situation. And then you've got the evolution of the crew that he's assembled in that time. And I, I think two seasons is, you know, with the, the third, the second and third filming potentially, you know, back to back here as we're talking, no confirmation on that, that that's a nice round number to shoot for. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'll, I'll pull old Matt along for the ride there. If, if his, you know, favorite Star Trek character ever happens to show up in, in Jordy. Uh, Picard season two showrunner, Terry Madalis, uh, I think had a quick lesson in February as to uh, the scope of things. I mean, he's running <laughs> the Picard show. It's Sir Patrick, this beloved icon. And, you know, as you say, Frake certainly directing multiple episodes and, you know, Kurtzman is the, the capo de capos and uh, Akiva Goldsman, the Oscar winner, the producer, the director, the, you know, all that have said, Terry Madalis, you had did so great with the 12 monkeys series. You shall run this next season. So the start of filming Terry Madalis, you know, put something on Twitter, like, you know, great to be back at work. Hashtag Picard. Uh, and that got taken down in about four hours because, <laughs> 
his bosses have bosses who did not necessarily want that out there because you're waiting for the right time and the right splash and all of that. So, you know, welcome to the deep end of the pool, Terry Matalus. And really looking forward. This is a guy that goes back to Voyager. And now that he gets to, uh, you know, get handed the baton with some seven of nine stuff, really interested. And I wouldn't sleep there on seven of nine either. I, I really think that at some point, they're probably going to hand that character a show. Uh, the response was such, and that she's part of season two. I'm super hopeful that gets spun off. Although, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a damper with, with that. We'll talk in a second after we talk about prodigy. Yeah. Um, prodigy, I think definitely outside the scope of what we normally podcast. And I think Pete, you know, clearly we're podcasting strange new worlds. We podcasted season one of lower decks, uh, as part of our discovery feed, we'll be doing the same, uh, have a Picard feed and so forth. Prodigy. I think, we want to measure we want to measure who the audience is for because not for nothing if it's star trek made for kids that is awesome that's great pete if we're going to get 22 minutes of a lot of fun some hijinks and the lesson in the end that you want to make sure to do all your recycling because that's how you keep the universe clean ding might not be the show made for us and guess what that's okay too it is, you know, I'm a little harsh on on what we've seen. We saw one image, assembled shot of the bridge crew. We have no character names. We have no descriptions whatsoever. I, I'm going to give it a try again because it's Star Trek. To to think that I've seen every episode ever of Star Trek and the idea, the the concept of not really watching one, it seems foreign to me. Uh, so I imagine I'm going to get the juices flowing forward once I see a lot more. Um, you know, all these other shows have been Star Trek, despite the protestation of people that would tell you otherwise. Um, and like I said, the thing that sold me, that took me from uh, maybe this is the one I don't watch is the involvement of Cable Crew. And, you know, she's not going to put her name, put the legacy of that character so important to so many people uh, in any kind of jeopardy. Um, I'm interested to see how much she's involved. Um, and we, we know nothing about any of the other voices on the show to this point as well. We also, Matt, have no idea when that one might pop up you know, in, in terms of actual production and what they've able, been able to do now with uh, COVID in terms of recording ADR at home and everything like that and, and the editing that goes on in different locations, they might be right behind lower decks. But I really doubt we're going to get back-to-back animated shows. The other thing that has since changed, this was developed for Nickelodeon. It's going to stream first on Paramount Plus. This was recent. Paramount Plus first, and then we'll hit Nickelodeon. Yeah, and I, I know the stated goal is for it to be out this year, be out in 2021. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, you know, are the powers that be, whether it's Kurtzman or whether it's Kurtzman's bosses at Paramount Plus, is there the is there the desire to treat Prodigy the same as one of the other shows where you say, all right, maybe we lose some click-through numbers or some subscribers or whatever it might be. Maybe there's less interest in 
I don't mean to pick on, you know, uh, in lower decks than uh, Picard, or we can see, you know, you can see how the numbers go up and down and demographics and extrapolate all this data and whatnot. You know, basically the, the, the point being this, is Prodigy expected to carry on the same as the rest, or is it something that really is meant to be, um, to be on the side of these? Uh, I think you can make arguments either way probably pete the best data which of course we had we don't have access to probably the best data would be um what did the lower decks numbers look like yeah. and you know probably subscriber numbers are yeah and we you could probably extrapolate like goal. oh i'm sorry i was just gonna say you could probably extrapolate like hey 30 percent of people who watched lower decks then went on to watch blank 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 those are those are suggestive that 30 percent of the audience is under 15 or under 10 or whatever it is, you can probably get a good sense. So I'm going to say, Pete, that where Prodigy gets placed relative to the other shows is also then going to be a comment about how Lower Decks has done. I agree with you. I think, too, and and heading into the next topic of discussion, the stated goal has been Star Trek every quarter, not Star Trek at all times, because I think they're wary of going to the well too often, which is you know, the issue with the section 31 show, but, uh, that they want to give it to you every quarter. So I think that's where, all right, we're, we're on standby now for lower decks. I think you'll have discovery after that. I think maybe prodigy will slip in after that and then Picard and then strange new worlds. Well, and, uh, and on the topic of the Section 31 show, why don't you give us an update there as to, uh, as to its future or lack thereof? So a little disappointing, and hopefully this is going to change, but they've said that until one of the other shows is no longer, there will be no Section 31 show. It's not that it's not still in development. Uh, and the, the pitch was approved and there's a pilot and all of that. And a pilot show, written or a pilot filmed? There's a pilot written, excuse me, excuse me, not, not filmed. They were getting ready to go into, uh, filming the pilot for May of last year. And obviously so much changed with COVID. And that was before strange new worlds had been, you know, officially, you know, publicly greenlit. Um, and this was a show that was spun off of Discovery, obviously the Michelle Yeoh vehicle here. Um, and we've seen now with Discovery where, uh, you know, Mirror Giorgio went back somewhere. We don't know when. Uh, so the particulars of it are still very much up in the air. But um, this was a show that uh, Bo Yun Kim and Erica Lipholt who are both on Discovery, were going to co-show run uh, for, you know, uh, for uh, Star Trek here. And um, Bo Yan Kim, for a very long time on her Twitter, her pinned tweet was, you know, was one of the trades. It was Hollywood Reporter or Deadline or one of those. And it was the announcement of the show and that her and her writing partner would be co-show running that. I don't know when it changed, but it was recent and that dropped away. And I, my heart just goes out for them. Obviously they're still with discovery. Um, I think their voices are tremendous on that show. And I really was looking forward to what 
they were going to bring to their own show running that. And I'm super hopeful they're still going to get that shot. I mean, COVID has changed so much for so many different people in entertainment in terms of, all right, you got to be a little more patient and wait a little bit longer. Um, it would seem that it's going to be between Discovery and Picard, which one will finish up first. But I'm really hopeful they're still going to get that shot. Pete, here is where we disagree slightly. I think that the show has been de facto canceled. Now, here's the good news. Since it hasn't been officially canceled, that means that if they change, if they, Paramount Plus, uh, change their mind, you can, you can... <laughs> Start it again without you know, without the virtue of uh, having officially stopped it. But to say no new shows until the current shows wrap up. I mean, again, having no idea what the subscriber numbers are and the click-through numbers and all this jazz. You have to imagine that the plan for Strange New Worlds is multiple seasons. It is probably the, the, uh, the easiest construction of the live-action shows just in terms of we're going to do a modern throwback to what classic Trek was. Um, so you, you have to imagine it's going to be a very easily digested show. Discovery um, discovery as the modern Star Trek in terms of hitting on all those, all the things you expect in modern TV, they've, uh, you know, he, here, here they're in the process of wrapping up one season. You have to imagine that, it's going to continue for multiple seasons after that. Uh, if Picard is going to, let's say Picard will film seasons two and three back to back. Fine. It still presumably would be released years apart, you know, a, a year apart. So I don't know how it is three years from now. You say, Hey, you remember how Giorgio left and now has not been on conceivably 30 episodes, 20 to 30 episodes of discovery. And we've had adventures on the Enterprise, and we've had adventures with our next generation friends and so forth. Uh, now we're going back to Giorgio. I don't think it's happening. I think that the, the the haughty perspective that CBS as a corporation, CBS All Access, now newly named Paramount Plus, that kind of PR arrogance that they have does not let them say that they made a show or that, that they were set to do a show that now they don't want to do. Whereas other studios would just say, uh, creative differences. Everybody's great. Hope we can maybe dust it off in the future, but for now, blah, blah. they just don't want to take a loss at all and, and, and admit oh, I a hope, mistake. I so hope you're wrong. I really, really do. Cause I just think, I think it's a killer premise. I do. And as much as we don't know where she landed and you know, the whole thing was up in the air, like, all right, well she went forward with discovery. So is it going to be set in that time or how is she going to come back and everything there? I, I just want to see them get an opportunity to tell that story. Cause I think it'd be really great to watch. Um, and you know, maybe, uh, Bowie and Erica, you know, wind up, you know, running one of these, other shows, things turn over. I mean, heavens forbid, Matt, it's not as if Discovery's ever had, you know, showrunner concerns before. Yeah, to, it took a little while. And I'll mention, Pete, um, I ended up down a click hole on Memory Alpha, which Memory Alpha tends to, you know, it's the number one resource for, you know, finding out that in 1997, Ron Moore said in AOL chat that, you know, that uh, the Defiant was added because they needed da, 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 like that kind of thing. Um, I ended up down a click hole in Memory Alpha talking about the creation of 
the first season or two of Discovery, and a lot of this was footnoted too, you know, which is which is to the benefit of the article. But basically, it was painting a very different picture in terms of how CBS was perceiving fan complaints and some of the things that we've discussed before, Pete. Like, um, I think it was Akiva Goldsman who said, you know, that when he he joined Discovery, uh, you know, Discovery's production staff. Uh, he, what he thought there would be an enterprise in it. Then he was told there absolutely will not be. And that was a big surprise. But at the end of season one, there was, it, it was suggestive that there's been, in addition to the showrunner turnover, that there's been a lot more um, red alert concern at the corporate level to figure out how to make stuff that Star Trek fans will like, whether it's new fans or old fans or exactly defining what that is and putting out a lot of these fires. So I, I mentioned this just because, again, we have kind of new retro Trek, we have modern Trek, we have mature Trek, we have teen animated Trek, we have kid animated Trek. I don't know where Section 31 fits in there, and I don't know that Trek Incorporated is looking, currently looking beyond, well, we've covered everything now, and let's get all that to, to happen, especially in a post-COVID world. And and we'll take a breath in a year or two to look around and say, does Strange New Worlds wrap up at the end? Is, does the first five-year mission wrap up at the end of season three or this or that? I mean, you have 60-plus regular-length episodes of Star Trek Discovery on, you know, Discovery, Picard, Lower Decks. Uh, that doesn't even take into account uh, the short treks. Okay, so this is a known commodity now. And, you know, though Paramount Plus is not going to style itself as a Star Trek network, that's that's when it makes its money from subscriptions. That's what it did at the Super Bowl with Sir Patrick leading the others up to the top. It was Sir Patrick who led Jeff Probst and Dora (laughs) and so forth to the top. Yeah, because all those, you know, Matt, Matt has watched every episode ever of Survivor and all those reruns he watches through through. CBS All Access and now Paramount Plus, right? Um, uh, some I have. They're also oh, all right. On, all right, I'll give, I'll give they're you. They're also credit. on Amazon as well. You know, okay. so <laughs> for the times of year when there is no uh, All Access slash Paramount Plus uh, subscription, uh, I, I can get my I can get you know if I can get if I can get twenty seasons of Survivor elsewhere, I'll just get it elsewhere. Like it's okay. I don't, I I don't know there's need, two you know, on Netflix. I happened to see that the other night. I'm not quite sure what the deal is there. Um, but I, I'm excited that Paramount plus is, so it's, it's, uh, um, decreased its theatrical window, uh, from, uh, you know, the traditional to about 45 days now. So for something like Top Gun Maverick, you know, we'll, we'll get it, you know, a month and a half after it's out, which, you know, if all goes as planned and we're all vaccinated and, you know, things continue to open up, great, we can go see it in a theater. But, you know, the idea, th- this this streaming genie is out of the bottle. And to think that it is going to be put back in is really foolhardy. I mean, we're we're close on a Black Widow for, for Marvel decision. It would seem they're going to be go for, for May 7th. But I would imagine... And Matt's, you know, espoused this theory that a couple weeks later it will hit Disney Plus. I think, yeah, I I, I would agree that if you're a theater owner, I mean, the last year obviously has been terrible. 
there are plenty of industries and plenty of employers and plenty of employees um, outside the, the theater business that have been that have been impacted, certainly. Um, but yeah, looking ahead, like you said, that the, the genie is not getting put back inside that bottle. Um, I do think Black Widow is going to keep that date. I really think that, you know, I think that Disney is hedging, not hedging, Disney is hoping that they have held on to that date so it can be the biggest Disney franchise, Marvel, uh, comes in to save the day from the company that is a beloved American institution, blah, 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 and so forth. It is interesting, Pete, to 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 tiptoe over to Disney and Marvel and Black Widow for a moment because you know lest we forget Star Trek has been around for a while too and Star Trek um yes there's been less on the movie front although uh you know just recently we saw some potential stuff for a Star Trek movie script and you know kind of all very very off That's in the distance a whole separate podcast <laughs> yeah particularly since i mean what there's a movie then there's a movie i mean in this, Pete, you just said that we might, you know, you, this theory that we've discussed, that we might get Black Widow released to theaters May 7th, and we might get Black Widow released to um, to Disney Plus in some sort of fashion, doubtless a, 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 a premiere extra payment thing, also in May. You know, that that's a theory that's out there. Um, the fact that a writer from Star Trek Discovery has been tapped to write a Star Trek movie, what kind of movie? You know, a $20 million movie that's been made for uh, Paramount Plus, because I'd go see that at home, too, Um, even, you know, uh, uh, COVID notwithstanding. Again, there's movies and there's movies, and uh, time will tell on it all, I suppose. But Pete, of course, we are going to keep hailing frequencies open as we as we kind of go back to the Star Trek neutral zone for now, you know, prepping to podcast Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming off of podcasting WandaVision. Uh, can't wait for more Star Trek to return, but in the interim, how can people be in touch with you to talk about Star Trek? Find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R 11,857 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH like a phaser like it today. Pete, as mentioned here, here, we're out on our own deep space exploration mission. When will we talk Star Trek again? Pete, when we get the hail from Star Trek <laughs> to talk about whatever the latest news might be. In the interim... I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you soon. Yeah.